Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. We could step back to the time of creation. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created him. Male and female created them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it. And if you go to the next slide, thank you, I appreciate that. If you notice again, verse 28, it says, be fruitful and multiply. And as we observe the time of creation, God's first commandment for man and the woman was to multiply in the earth, in which also indicates that there were to be a father and a mother. Adam, the man that named all the creation of God. We recall the name that Adam gave to his wife, and she called her Eve. Now, what does that mean? I'm sure many of you wonder. Well, the Bible answers that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. It says, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the what? Mother, uh, the who? Yes, she was the mother of all living. For a woman to be a mother is God's privilege calling for their lives. And it is very sacred position given by God. It is an important role for any woman. It should not be taken lightly. The society that we live in today call women, women to be independent. And they say, don't be tied down with just taking care of your family. And don't get distracted with just raising kids. Be an adventurer and be a risk taker and live your own life and making money and having position in society and and your rights are important and and be offended when you are just called a house mom because they're putting you down in a lower degree but i believe god sees it differently and uh, in reference to the ten commandments the bible says in exodus chapter 20 verse 12 honor thy father and thy who thy mother honor thy father and thy mother how important position must be all of us for us to Honor our mothers in reference to remembering our mothers. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, my, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. And how important uh, for the mother to teach her children uh, the truth of God and the commandments of God. And it is truly pleasant in God's sight. And God says, uh, uh, mothers, make sure you teach them and also children Do not forsake the commandments that you have heard through your mothers. In reference to disobeying our mothers, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17, The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the raven of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagle shall eat it. And how big consequence of disobeying the position of our mothers as we look at that scripture. Oh, God does not take lightly when sons and daughters disobey their parents and also neglect their parents. And, and uh, 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 God uh, uh, makes sure that they do reap what they sow. I think about reference to our Savior, Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God who did nothing wrong. And that's why we worship him this morning. 
And thank God that we can have the goal to be more like Jesus Christ. And because he is sinlessly, uh, sinless perfect and that he is God and that he is a king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I think about how he, before he gave up his ghost, the Bible records him saying in John 19, verse 26 and 27, it says here, if you could uh, look at with me on the screen, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother, in, re- in referring to uh, Apostle John. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. I mean, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I mean, God in the flesh. But before he gave up his ghost, he wanted to make sure that Mary, his mother, was taken care of. Jesus Christ did everything perfectly, and he did everything in order so that we could have this great goal to be more like him, and we could have a great example, and, and Jesus Christ gave us a great example in uh, uh, and being the right son and taking care of his mother. And uh, I think about how uh, it's important as Christians today to honor the position of a mother, and Christ observed and practiced of all that he had wrote in his words, and including Proverbs 23, verse 22, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not the mother when she is old. And I'm just simply saying, with the example of Jesus Christ, and with the scriptures in the Proverbs, God sees the role of a mother not as insignificant, and not just old-fashioned, but as a sacred position whom he honors and blesses in the lives of mankind. So do not take lightly, ladies, of your position. And husbands, do not take lightly of the position that your wives have. And children, do not take lightly of the position that your parent, your mother has. And let us make sure we honor that position as God has given us commandment. And we see from human history how great people came to be great because of the investment of mothers. And James, Mad- James Madison, fourth president of the United States, was left fatherless when only a small boy. And his upbringing fell entirely to his mother. But through it, through it all, he became the fourth president of the United States. And I think about Andrew Jackson, a military hero and seventh president of the United States, wrote, the memory of my mother and her teachings were only capital I had to start life with. And on that capital, I have made my way. And I'm sure in history, you know, John Quincy Adams, the sixth president of this wonderful country. And uh, although he was highly educated at an early age, touchingly, he wrote these words. My mother was a minister of blessing to all human beings within her sphere of action. Her heart was a abode of heavenly purity. She had no feeling but of kindness and uh, beneficence. And her mind was, was as firm as her temper was mild and gently. And another time he was heard to say, all that I am, my mother made me. Just because you get a college degree, that doesn't mean you're more wise than your mother's. Just because you're more educated than your parents, that doesn't mean uh, you have uh, uh, outdone them or in every sense that you know how to live your life. No, I think we need to make sure we glean the wisdom of 
our mothers that God has given us. If John Quincy Adams, I think one of the most uh, uh, high-profile president of this country, said, hey, my mother is the one uh, that uh, brought me up, and mother is the one that I give credit to concerning all the successes and all the achievements that I have today. And I think we could all agree that our mothers deserve that kind of position in our lifetime. And we should, in every sense, be uh, 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 generous to our parents and to our mothers and also be grateful. I think about another president in history was Abraham Lincoln. I'm sure many of you know. I read an excerpt of his brief biography in reference to his mother. The highest example of moral conviction in a man of American heritage was in our most noted president, it reads. Honest Abe, he was called. Abram Lincoln's mother was a godly Christian who every Sunday set Abe on her knee and read to him the word of God. Her special concentration for her son was the knowledge of the Ten Commandments. The godly mother once said, I would rather Abe be able to read the Bible than to own a farm if he can have but one. Nancy Lincoln died in 1818 when Abe was only nine years old, but the law of God had been inscribed in his heart. Her last words were these, Abe, I'm going to leave you now, and I shall not return. I want you to be kind to your father and live as I have taught you. Love your heavenly father and keep. When asked later in life why he was so honest, he said that he could still clearly hear the tones of his mother's voice as she spoke to him from Exodus 20 and read of the Lord God who gave his commandment. Lincoln declared, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. You see, these men, in every sense, even though they were educated, even though they were successful, they always traced back to the source of a godly woman who raised their lives and also raised their family. Oh, mothers, your investment of hard work and love for your children is not wasted. As children, all of us are. We all have mothers. We ought to show them appreciation. I'm sure many of us uh, 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 have different plans how we can show our appreciation. And I think many people have different ideas. And I'm sure you have some different, I guess, schedule even today. I read about a humorous notes that children gave to their mothers on their Mother's Day. And, uh, you know, in every sense, they're not too knowledgeable. And, and also, they just kind of write what they think. And, and Robert uh, wrote, I got you a turtle for Mother's Day. I hope you liked a turtle better than the snakes that I got you last year. And I think about Eileen uh, wrote, Dear Mother, I wish Mother's Day wasn't always on Sunday. It would be better if it were on Monday so we wouldn't have to go to school. And then little Diane wrote, I hope you like the flowers I got you on Mother's Day. I picked them myself when the neighbor wasn't looking. And uh, how about this one from Carol? Dear Mother, here are two aspirants. Have a happy Mother's Day. And, uh, <laughs> and a happy uh, a Mother's Day in every sense. Mother's Day is a wonderful day to show our appreciation to our mothers and also to encourage our mothers. And, and there are different areas and how we could show our appreciation. And I just want to encourage you, mothers, today that your role as a mother is not being overlooked by God and it should not be overlooked by any of us. And, and, uh, and, and, and with all that being said, 
God knows your needs as well, and God knows your desire for your children, and God knows your burden, and even the trials that you're going through. I think of the scripture concerning how the Lord humbles himself to behold the things in heaven and in the earth. And the detailed example of that he holds in earth records in Psalm 113, verse 9. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be joyful, that is the word, to be joyful, mother of children, praising the Lord. You know, that's what God desires for mothers to be, to be joyful mothers of children. God wishes to edify and encourage you. He doesn't want you to be depressed and be discouraged and, and have less faith concerning your situation at hand. God wants you to be joyful mothers of children. Here's a story of Hannah. We see an example of a woman who was bitter, bitterness in the soul and and she didn't have the, the joyful, uh, 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 I guess, uh, uh, attitude and also the perspective because she was barren. And uh, as we think about this mother, uh, through it all, she did have faith concerning her matter. And I believe that we could learn some great, wonderful example of godliness and how we could live by faith and with her example today. And especially mothers, I hope this message will be a blessing to you. And so, what kind of faith and godliness did Hannah have? I want to share with you three distinguishing godliness of Hannah that will encourage mothers today and how God encouraged Hannah. And I believe that God wants to encourage you. First of all, we see her as a mother of prayer. Mother of prayer. Verse 10, And she was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she desired to be joyful mother of children. You see that she was a barren woman, not able to have children. And she knew that the only person that could help her with this issue was God Almighty. And she sought the Lord in prayer and supplication. And she knew the principle of whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. And he knew the, she knew the example of in all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing he shall receive. <clears throat> also, she knew the principle of ask, and it shall be given you, and seek, and he shall find, and knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And uh, I hope as mothers today, and I hope as Christians today, all over uh, uh, everyone in this uh, place, I hope in every sense that you believe in prayer, and that you know that God answers prayer. The Bible is very clear, we have not, because we Ask not. And uh, we must make sure that we ask the Lord. If you have burdens today, ask the Lord for help. Ask the Lord to ease your, uh, I guess, uh, 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 weight of burdens. And, and I believe that he will guide you and help you. And if you're mothers today, oh, uh, what are you wishing for your children? What is your desire as a mother? And uh, uh, what are you expecting for your children to be? Hey, do not just plan on your own, but take it to the Lord in prayer. Make sure you pray to God Almighty concerning those plans and concerning all the things that you have uh, in goal concerning your children. Uh, by the way, we cannot expect our children to become someone unless we're becoming that person too. We cannot expect our children to be faithful Christians unless we are faithful Christians. We cannot expect our children to read the Bible unless we read the Bible. We cannot expect for our children to be faithful to church unless we are faithful to church. And uh, we must make sure that we live by the decree or even uh, uh, the direction that we give to our children. Oh, whatever your need is, let us make sure we 
uh, in every sense are growing in those needs and, and that we are living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we see God answer prayer because we're right with him and we're setting the right example. I love that wonderful hymn concerning prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. Are we weak and heavy laden, <clears throat> cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield you. You will find the solace there. I don't know how the non-believers kind of go on in their lives not seeking God's help. And what a great privilege for us to see our friend Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, being with us and telling us, hey, I am with you and I want to hear your prayer. And uh, by the way, God commands us to pray. Isn't that interesting? God says, I want you to pray. It's not like in every sense we uh, are seeking him all the time. God knows that. That's why he has commanded us. And, and he wants us to pray daily. And he wants us to pray uh, so that we may see his blessing. And, uh, and the Bible is very clear. Pr- uh, pray without ceasing. Would you say that with me? Pray without ceasing. And you can pray when you go to work. You can pray uh, as you're driving. Now, don't close your eyes. Amen. All right. And uh, you could just, you know, have the right thoughts and, and just pray to God. Lord, I'm praying for my children. I'm praying for my son. And I'm praying for my wife. I'm praying for my husband. And I think prayer could be anywhere. And, and thank God for the Holy Spirit who is with us everywhere we go. You don't have to come to church just to pray. Thank God we get to pray in church. But also you can pray at home. And you could pray in your kitchen, ladies. And you could pray uh, when you're folding your laundry. You could pray anytime. And God wants to hear you. And just share the burden to God Almighty. I think about in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Let's read this together. I love the scripture. Ready? Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Notice those two words. Prayer and what? Supplication. Supplication is beseeching in the sense that you are laying everything down and you are seeking the Lord and uh, in a very earnest and fervent way. It's not just, Lord, thank you for this food and in Jesus' name I pray, amen. No, it's not that, but in every sense, you're grateful, you're fervently asking the Lord for uh, uh, some different prayer requests to come real and, and you're really uh, uh, getting down on your knees and you're spending just more than uh, a minute or two in prayer and, and that's what supplication is all about and we will not have the mind and the heart of the lord jesus christ unless we have prayer and supplication i hope you have that in your hearts today i hope you have that daily practice or do you wish to have your daily provision then you need to have prayer and supplication do you uh, wish to have your children to grow up in a fine stature of wisdom then you need to pray in supplication. If you want to have your family to fear God, then pray in supplication. If you want to have your marriage work out in peace and for the glory of God, then pray in supplication. Oh, pray in faith and be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, let your request be made known unto God. And God wants to hear and God wants to listen. And, uh, and uh, raising children is not a uh, easy task, and, uh, and we understand that, and there are some things that are beyond us, and even last night, Annabelle's ears were hurting, and internally, I don't know what it was, and, and uh, she was aching, and she was really in bad condition before Mother's Day dinner at my uh, oldest sister's house, and, and, uh, 
and she was laying down, and we gave her some, I guess, uh, rats removal liquids, and, and she was still in pain. She was crying, so I held her and went up to the room, and she didn't want to be in the room, uh, I guess, and then she wanted to come down, and we came down, and before we came down, I just had a word of prayer. I was somewhat frustrated, and I was thinking, and uh, why is this happening to Annabelle in every sense, and what's the problem? You know, as a man, you want to just kind of solve the issues and the solutions right away, and we want to see just some results right away. And, uh, but I realized, hey, I haven't prayed about this, so I prayed with Annabelle, and I think after a few minutes later, as we came down, she fell asleep. And, uh, and uh, 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 in every sense, I knew that God answered my prayer concerning that, and, and, uh, and she slept for three hours straight there, and then uh, 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 we went back home, and then uh, uh, she, wa- she watched a couple of TV shows to just ease her heart, and then she fell asleep again. She woke up early, and her pain was still a little there, but uh, through it all, uh, uh, we gave her some little medicines here and there, and, and, uh, and she feels fine right now. And uh, uh, actually, I, uh, my wife, I think, had to take her home right now just to make sure she had a lot of... Uh, uh, big fever this morning, and, and as parents, you know, you kind of get worried, and you get a little bit, uh, in every sense, uh, uh, frustrated because you cannot help your children. You kind of think, hey, this is a bigger problem, and, and you think along that way, but, you know, prayer kind of helps with a lot of that, and uh, I believe prayer could truly help you to think uh, uh, honestly and truthfully and purity and, and also and, and, and justly and, and a good report, everything that Philippians chapter 4 mentions. And I think we could have that when we truly pray. And I want to encourage you to pray all the time and see God answers prayer. And I think about my own mother and uh, she used to pray when, I, uh, when she was raising four children by herself. And, and many times, 5 o'clock in the morning, I would use the restroom and I would pass by the hallway and I would see the lamp on and she'll be praying for her family and for her pastor and for her church. And, and I thank God for that example. and still uh, burns in my conscience today and, and how she prayed daily for the provision for her children. And thank God her children are doing well today. And not because of her, because she prayed to God. She prayed to God. And uh, I don't know what your needs are, and I don't know uh, what you wish for in the future concerning your family. Hey, God is already in the future. Why don't you pray to him? And uh, why don't you just really uh, get to know God during this present time, during your trial, and during your heartaches, and, and uh, really ask the Lord and, uh, and, and see what God can do. And uh, I want to encourage you to pray. And Hannah was a woman of prayer. And, and because of that, she was blessed. And not only that, secondly, she was a mother of sacrifice and surrender. In verse 11, and verse, uh, uh, verse 11 the Bible says, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, and thou wilt give him unto the Lord, all the days of his life, and they shall no razor come upon his head. You know, she made a covenant with the Lord. And if the Lord bless her and answers her prayer, she promised God that she would surrender her child to the Lord. You know, for many parents, our concentration is not only rearing our children, which is the right thing to do, but how about surrendering our children to the Lord? Okay, how about that? And how does the Lord want my children to be, and where uh, uh, where does my uh, uh, where does the Lord want my children to go? And what is the Lord's will for my children? Sometimes our vision fights the vision of God. You understand what I'm saying? 
Our plan for our children fights the will of God for our children. But we must make sure that it is that it is vital and important to recognize that it is the Lord's will that is in priority and that we must follow Him much as possible because, in every sense, He knows best. One of the most famous Christian mothers in history was Susanna Wesley, the mother of John and Charles Wesley. One article reveals her surrender to God concerning her children. It is doubtful if these sons would have undertaken the Paris journey across the ocean to Georgia as missionaries to the settlers in New Colony and to the Indians of the district had it not been that their mother advised them to go, saying, Had I had 20 sons, I would rejoice that they were so well employed, though I should never see them again. And you might be thinking, I mean, going to Georgia, what is the big deal? I mean, uh, Georgia is not that bad. Well, you got to think about back in the 1700s, amen? Okay, it's like you're in America and you're going to maybe India somewhere. That was a condition that they had to face. And Susanna Wesley said, hey, I want my children to be missionaries. And if God called them to be missionaries, and they have to cross the Atlantic Ocean, and they have to uh, endure that journey, and to be in a place where uh, they have to seek everything by, uh, by faith, and, and if they're in that condition, that's fine with me, as long as it is the Lord's will. And John Wesley, I think about how he was greatly used of God in starting the Methodist movement, thousands were saved. Charles Wesley became one of the greatest hymn composers that we have in Christian history as well. Why? Because God's mighty power was in their life, but also a mother who was willing to surrender to God's will for their lives. By the way, our children are not really ours, but they are God's. They're God's. God has given them to us. The Bible says in Psalm 127, verse 3, Little children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And now, some of you children, don't go to your parents saying, you're not really my parents. No, don't do that, all right? And uh, they are your parents. You need to be submissive to your parents. But for parents, I want you to understand, as much as you love and protect your children, hey, do not get so protected away from God's will for their lives. God's people say. We could get that way. And we could just kind of not see the big picture at hand. And uh, my children, I want to make sure they live their lives according to God's will and God's direction. I want them to fear the Lord, and I'm admonishing them and guiding them. And, and, uh, and I thank you. I appreciate the fact that in every sense that you have uh, 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 loved my children. And, and at this, uh, in every case, you did not uh, uh, give this idea, hey, my children will always be in full-time ministry. And, and uh, that pressure is not always good for children. I appreciate not mentioning that. And, and, uh, and I believe all my heart, God is the one that has to call my children into full-time ministry. And uh, I cannot set that up. And, and we cannot say that's the expectation that we have. And by the way, uh, let's make sure as parents that uh, 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 when our children do not live up to our expectation, that we're not sorely disappointed. Our expectation is of the Lord. That's what the psalmist said. And if God leads our children this way, and, uh, and our expectation is much more higher than that in success or achievements, hey, don't get so sour about it. Don't get so disappointed about it. Be proud of your children. And uh, look them in the eye and say, I'm proud of you. And it's amazing how 
uh, uh, many children do not grow up in encouragement. And I'll be preaching on that tonight. Encouragement is so important. And yes, chastisement is wonderful, and it's good, and it's biblical, but encouragement will just go another extra mile. And it will truly help many young people to really uh, find some more confidence in doing what they're doing if mothers just uh, encourage their children more rather than chastising them all the time. And I want to encourage you mothers to treat your children as Jesus Christ would treat them. And we've got to think along that way, even in Father's too. Now, Father's Day message will be next month, okay? But let me just kind of let you know, fathers, let us make sure we do not, we do not uh, uh, in every sense, provoke our children to wrath. And, uh, and we don't get angry so much that our children want to stay distant from us. Let us make sure that we are sensible and we're sensitive. And, uh, and we're like, we're in every way Christ-like. And, uh, and, uh, and let us make sure we rear our children in the Lord, in admonition of the Lord. And uh, I think about Josiah the other day, and, and uh, he loves eating, and uh, he, he could eat, and uh, um, he loves bread, he loves carbs. And, uh, and he loves, you know, potatoes. He loves all of that stuff. And uh, he's a little different than me. I like rice. He likes potatoes. And uh, um, uh, I don't know. What else does he like that, he doesn't, that I don't like? Uh, um, he loves avocados. He could take a whole avocado, whole avocado, and eat it like an apple. With the skin. No, I'm just kidding. Not with the skin. And to take off the skin. But he could eat that. Like, he loves it. Okay? And, uh, but I hate it. I don't like that stuff. My, wa- my wife loves avocados. And... Uh, and I think his uh, dietary, you know, I guess uh, uh, system is like my wife's. But anyways, uh, and he was eating chicken with me and the other day. And I love chicken. And then he was eating chicken. And I was proud of him. And I say, fried chicken's good for us. Amen. And uh, <coughs> I love fried chicken. Just FYI, if you don't know me, okay? And, uh, <laughs> and by the way, last Saturday, I went to Fruit for Less to get something for uh, the men's fellowship. And then I smelled fried chicken at Fruit for Less. And I was like, oh, man. I had to go buy some, amen? And uh, so I bought, you know, 11 pieces, and then I took it to church, and then I ate maybe, I think, four pieces or something like that. And I just can't resist fried chicken. I have to have it when I smell it. And I'm not saying I do it every week, okay? I'm not going to have a heart attack when I preach next week or something like that. But I just, you know, I, that's my little weakness there. But anyways, uh, we're eating fried chicken together, and then and I was trying to teach my, uh, you know, son about, you know, where eggs come from and stuff like that. And and I said, you know, where chickens come from, whatever. And I always try to, you know, let them know, hey, you know, these animals, they all are created by God. And, uh, you know, and I, I always ask him, you know, where is God? He points up in the sky. He's up there and stuff like that. And I try to teach him about creation right away and teach him about creator right away. And, I, and you know, just a logical question. I said, you know, where do eggs come from? Because there was eggs on the table, too. Where do eggs come from? And he looked at me and says, from the plate. You know, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm from the chicken, you know, and, uh, you know, he's like, from the plate, <laughs> yes, it's on the plate, it comes from the plate, it goes into my mouth, and I digest it, and uh, so, you know, and I was like, okay, this is not going to go anywhere, so, and I'll just kind of, you know, overlook this, <laughs> and, uh, you know, in every sense, you know, there's always an opportunity where you could teach your children concerning the Lord and concerning the Bible, and take those opportunities and teach him the ways of God. And, and Hannah trusts the Lord and sacrificed and, and surrendered. As soon as Samuel was weaned, he, she, took her, she took him to Samuel, and he lived with Eli, not even his father, okay, just a priest. Okay? And uh, in the Old Testament, 
And he raised him, not in his home, but in this area. And uh, Hannah trusted the Lord and said, Lord, this is your son. I promised you if I could have a son, uh, that when, when I do, that I'll honor you and, and surrender this child to you. And it was a big decision, of course. I'm sure it was hard for her to let Samuel go, but she was willing to do so. I'm not saying every child is uh, uh, called in that areas of, I guess, life, but if you've got to have that room and say, if the Lord calls my children, then, hey, I need to be more sensitive about that, and I've got to follow the Lord's will. Number three, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, before I go number three, and because she surrendered, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21, the Bible says, And the Lord visited Hannah, and so that she conceived, and bare three sons and two daughters, and the child grew before the Lord. So because she surrendered Samuel, the Bible says, that she was able to have four more children. Wow, what a blessing. You see, when you sacrifice, God takes great account. He's a good accountant. And when you give, God says, I'll make sure you get it back. And what a wonderful example of our sovereign God, who is fair and also who is full of blessings. Number three, a mother of faith. Verse 24 down to verse 28, the Bible says, And when she had weaned them, she took them up with her and three bullocks and one ephah of flour and bottle of wine and brought them unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought, un- brought the child to Eli. And the Bible says in verse 28, Therefore also I lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. And she surrendered her son to the Lord. She also trusted his sovereign plan. She brought her boy to who? Eli. Now, Eli was a great man of God who feared the Lord, but he was not a great father. That's what the Bible records. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 13, I'll read for you, poor. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity for which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. You see, the sons of Eli were uh, disobeying God's commandment as uh, uh, as being in the priesthood, and, uh, and, and they were just sinning against God and, and, and not uh, keeping the commandments. And, and we see from the scripture that Eli did not restrain them, did not stop them. And I think about what the Bible says concerning their example. It says, uh, 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 I'm not quoting here in the front of the Bible, but his sons stole from their sacrifices, and his sons laid women at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and these sons were vile in their sinful flesh, and the Bible says that Eli restrained them not. I mean, these men were actually having physical intimacy with ladies in front of the tabernacle. That's what they're doing. And, uh, and uh, they were vile, vile sons. But the disappointing thing is that Eli, knowing what they were doing, restrained them not. And think about Hannah. I'm sure Hannah saw the condition of that family or the condition of those two sons. And to leave Samuel with Eli. And, uh, you know, let's think about this. Would you give your children or your child to a parent who has children who are in every way vile and living in the flesh, and that parent is not restraining them at all. Would you ever send your children to that direction? I don't think so. I think you'd be very hesitant. And uh, that's what Hannah had to do. Hannah had to say, this is the Lord's will. And by faith, 
she did so. Yes, the sons were vile. The sons were not living for the Lord. But she had faith that God would protect Samuel. And by the way, God did. God showed great favor to Samuel. And God uh, chose Samuel to be the next judge of Israel. And, uh, and, and ladies and gentlemen, you might be concerned about the welfare of your children's spiritual life in this wicked world. And so many temptations, so many sins, and so many wrong ideologies and lifestyle in these last days. But you could trust the Lord, and God is their fortress, and God is their shield. And we must pray and trust the Lord. And we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, the world is, you know, all, in every sense going in the wrong direction. We are truly living in the last days. And... And uh, I think just the other day I saw, was it yesterday, and uh, I, maybe this week, NBA, NFL draft, and, uh, and the first, uh, uh, the homosexual player that got drafted into St. Louis. I mean, you heard that, raise your hand, okay? And uh, I mean, we're becoming more tolerant now. I'm not saying I, 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 I hate homosexual. I believe God loves him and God wants them to be saved, and God wants them to go to heaven as well. But in every sense, we want to let others know that lifestyle is not right with the Lord. And we want to make sure we preach the truth so that they know the truth and they could receive Christ as their personal Savior. And we want to do it in a loving way, not in a hateful way like some other people do. And, uh, but I'm simply saying we live in a very wicked society and, and we live in a very uh, 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 wicked world that's kind of saying, hey, evil is good and, and good is evil. You know, they're switching everything around. And we're truly living in the last days and they're being deceived and deceiving others. And you might be hesitant about your uh, 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 children and, and going to maybe colleges and and uh, public high school, and I understand your dilemma, but I believe all my heart, if you're faithful to church, and that you are always honoring the Lord, and in your household, and having devotions with them, and, and guiding them, and strengthening their walk, I believe that God will help your children to be uh, what, God, what you wish them to be in, in this Christendom, and uh, I believe that God will protect them if you truly believe that. And, uh, and have faith in the Lord. As much as uh, uh, the world is so dark, I believe that God is full of life, and God wants to protect them, and God wants to guide them too. And when Robert Ingersoll, the notorious skeptic, was in his heyday, two college students went to hear him lecture. As they walked down the street after the lecture, one said to the other, Well, I guess he knocked out Christianity, didn't he? The other said, No, I don't think he did. Ingersoll did not explain my mother's life, and until he can explain my mother's life, I will stand by my mother's God. And uh, you see that college student recognized the testimony of his own family and, 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 the, and the God that they serve, Jesus Christ whom they serve. And uh, even though he heard all the different debates and all the criticism and all the uh, skeptical ideas about the Bible, even though he heard all that, he knew, hey, Jesus Christ is still the truth. The Bible is the word of God. And my mother's living, that testimony, that still radiates in my heart. And that, that person cannot explain. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's amazing uh, uh, how so many people want to go against this Bible and want to go against Christianity. But there's one thing that they cannot explain. 
They cannot explain transformed lives. They cannot explain salvation. How one person who used to be an alcoholic now, they don't drink a drop of alcohol anymore. And they cannot explain one person who has so much problem with anger and wrath in their workplace. Now they are, they are sweet, they are joyful, and they're uh, saying the nice words, and they're not cursing anymore. They cannot explain that. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, it's amazing what salvation does, isn't it? It's amazing what God does. And your children and our children need to see that in our homes. Parents who've been changed by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what they used to be, they're not anymore. Why? Because they have found God. They're living for the Lord. They need to see that in their homes. Not just going to church, not just this exterior thing that you always do. But in every sense, living out your testimony. Your life is a sermon. Your life is a sermon. I might be preaching here verbally, but your testimony today is a great sermon for your children. I think about my father, and, and uh, one testimony that always radiates in my heart, even though he died uh, 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 very uh, uh, prematurely in the sense uh, he, uh, he died at the age of, I think, 48 or something like that, 40, 46, and uh, but he got saved a year before he passed away, and he didn't really get to live the Christian life. And, and one thing he always wanted to do after he got well was, hey, I want to attend a seminary and really study God's Word. This is the man who used to kick the Bible in my home. This is the man who hated church. But the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ changed his life. That's something did. That, that, that did something to my heart. And some of you are praying for your, maybe your husband to be saved and your, maybe your wife to be saved. And I, I pray with you. And keep on praying for your spouse so that you can have a Christian family, not a divided family. And young people, make sure you marry a Christian. You marry a Christian who loves the Lord, who believes in this book. You don't need to go through a chastisement and trial. You don't need to do that. You need to just live for the Lord now and also live, with your, uh, live for the Lord with your spouse who loves the Lord who, and who wants to, in every sense, guide the children in the right direction too. And don't even give a chance in dating a non-believer. What's the point? Okay. The Bible is very clear. Be not uniquely yoked with non-believers. It's very clear. And... Uh, uh, I just want to encourage all the parents and all the children here. Hey, let us live for the Lord. Let us truly get serious about living for God. And mothers, I want to encourage you. Your investment in your children and in their lives, it is truly, truly a great sight in God's eyes. And we honor you today because the Bible says, Honor thy father and thy mother. I hope you're a mother of prayer, a mother of sacrifice and surrender and a mother of faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for this time to recognize uh, uh, your love and your grace. And uh, Lord, as much as I uh, preach the truth, I want to make sure that it is done in a loving way. And uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that your word will just poke at the hearts of many here. And uh, it was a Mother's Day message, but I covered some areas where Children could be helped, and, and parents could be helped, fathers could be helped. 
Oh, Spirit of the living God, I pray that you slice away all doubts, slice away all wills and, and arguments and complaints and bitterness in their hearts right now through thy word. And I pray that they're truly surrendered to you. And I pray that you help the Christians this morning to really live for the Lord. And I thank you so much for the families that are represented here.